brute force. If it doesn't work, you're just not using enough. You're listening to Software Radio, special operations military news, and straight talk with the guys in the community. Welcome back to Soft Rep Radio. It's Brandon Webb. Uh, this week, I'm going to cover something that has been probably on everyone's minds is Trump's intervention with Eddie Gallagher, the Navy SEAL, who was brought up on war crimes and had a tumultuous trial and eventually was found not guilty. And apparently, the Navy SEAL Command, which is uh, WARCOM, under Admiral Green, decided to essentially do a Trident Review Board. And what that is, is when somebody has issues in the teams and they're essentially, it's a mechanism to review them as an operator and decide whether to pull their SEAL pin, so strip them of their identity as a SEAL or not. And so, you know, no surprise to me that Trump intervened. I mean, Eddie Gallagher's lawyers, uh, one of whom was a former Trump attorney, has really done a masterful job of working the press and the, the public relations angle, the whole case, which matters quite a bit. And and, and Trump being a, a vocal supporter of Eddie, um, it should have come from, it was no surprise to Admiral Green that Trump would get involved uh, and essentially shut down the attempt to what what appears to be an attempt to strip Eddie Gallagher of not only his rank, but his official title as a SEAL right before he retires. And, yeah, I had a bunch of friends just ask me over and over in, in the business community uh, because this was, you know, for a couple of weeks there, it was, was on everyone's mind. Um, so I, I ended up writing an article about it. I, I really didn't want to write the article. In all honesty, I just I'm so tired of the throughout the years that all the internal sealed drama that me and my fellow author friends have had to deal with that I just, I didn't want to write it. And at the point that I started thinking about it, and a good friend of mine, James Altucher says he doesn't write anything these days unless he's afraid of what people will think. And it just really dawned on me that, you know what, I, I feel the same way. And so let's write about this. And I, and I, I really respect my, my friend James's position is because too often in the in the world today that we live in in America, people are afraid to speak their mind. You know, they're worried about what people will think, whether it's politically correct. Is somebody going to hate hate on me for this? So that's when I decided to write this piece. So I'm actually going to read you the piece that I wrote in its entirety, and hopefully, the goal is it'll answer any of your questions regarding this whole Eddie Gallagher, the Trump situation. And I'll kind of read, as I read through it, I will try and elaborate as well, uh, just to give you guys some more color on the situation. And it's important to, to start from 
or give you guys a little bit of background behind the situation. So the SEAL teams, an incredible legacy and heritage back to the naval construction demolition units and the underwater demolition teams of World War II that, that cleared the beaches of Normandy, would swim ashore in the middle of the night, blow up the beach landing obstacles that the Germans had placed on the beach for D-Day, you know, in the middle of the night, blowing those up so the, the landing forces could get ashore and then we could take back France from, from the Germans. And so the Navy SEALs were established by John F. Kennedy in the 60s to really give the U.S. military a maritime a littoral fighting force, a special operations fighting force. And so they looked to the Navy for that. The Navy had its toes in the water already. So the SEALs were commissioned. Uh, SEAL Team 1, SEAL Team 2 were the two founding SEAL teams, SEAL Team 2 being on the East Coast and one being on the West Coast in Coronado, two in Little Creek, uh, Virginia. And Vietnam happened, and at the time you had the UDT and slash SEAL teams. Uh, we all we all know famously Jesse Ventura was actually a, was a UDT guy and fully earned the right to, to call himself a SEAL. So then we had Vietnam, and, and the SEALs had an incredible record in Vietnam of excellence and mission success and really like built a strong legacy. Then, you know, we went through a large period of time in the SEAL teams where there wasn't much conflict in the world. We had some involvement in the first Gulf War, you know, little skirmishes here and there, but largely when I, when I entered the SEAL teams in the, in the late nineties, the two operational teams that were actually doing stuff, even outside of, of dev group or SEAL team six were SEAL team three because SEAL Team 3 had responsibility for Southwest Asia, largely the Middle East, and SEAL Team 4 having responsibility for South America, so a lot of drug interdiction stuff. And on the flip side, at Team 3, we were doing a lot of operations around the Middle East, mainly enforcing the UN sanctions against Iraq. Saddam Hussein was smuggling oil out of the country. We would board those ships uh, at night, take them over, and steer them down to uh, Dubai. And... Another interesting fact, those of you that are in business will appreciate this, or in, in the corporate world, there wasn't much upward mobility for the officer ranks in the SEAL teams. It's, and the SEAL teams largely, is a, the way they're structured, is a great to be an enlisted SEAL because you get to go to all the schools you want. If you have a good reputation and do a good job, you can go to all these amazing schools, kind of pick and choose what you want to do and maintain a, a largely operational role until you until you don't want to or your body just can't take it anymore. Where officers pre-9-11, pre-terrorist attacks on 9-11, didn't have a lot of upper mobility. They would do that, typically do a third officer platoon where they're just kind of in a platoon to observe. Then they would come back and do an off, assistant uh, officer in charge, assistant, like or we call it AOIC. Then they get a platoon commander billet and, and Typically, they're a full lieutenant at this point, or a 03. They would do that platoon commander billet, and then largely there was no not much place for them to go. They could go to dev group, but really there, we had at the time, I believe, uh, only one or two SEAL admirals. So there just wasn't a, enough to kind of upward mobility for these guys to promote it. And a lot of smart officers, I would say the majority of smart officers, recognized that and decided to get out, and they went on to other things outside of the Navy. And so the reason I mention this is because then 9-11 happened, the reorg of this entire special operations community 
happened. And all of a sudden we have this massive upward mobility in the SEAL teams, but we essentially had somewhat of a brain drain of officers that left. And, and so who, who were left and stayed were not the, the best and brightest officers. And that's just a cold hard fact. And that's, you know, people will be upset about that, but it is what it is. Um, and I'm just giving you all this background information to get us where we are today. And it's not a good place. The SEALs community, the ethos, the, the training selection is, is still, training and selection is still one of the best in the world. But I see this as a massive leadership failure from the top down where we currently stand in the SEAL teams. And I wrote about it. So so here it goes with all that background. And I'm going to start with a quote from an anonymous SEAL. This was on one of those interviews where it was an anonymous interview with, with CBS. Uh, you can Google it on YouTube. But the quote says, I wouldn't want my son to be in the SEAL teams that exist today. It's a mafia so environment where everyone has dirt on each other. The culture is more Hells Angels than professional special ops unit. And that kind of, I lead out with that. And so here we go. I'm going to read this and give you guys some commentary as well. I was initially worried about addressing this topic because of the toxic peer pressure that exists among the SEAL community. However, my business network kept asking me about Gallagher and Trump's intervention in his case. And in the end, I decided that if the thought of speaking about this may be uncomfortable, I should write about it. The Gallagher case was anything but uncomplicated. It pitted Navy SEAL against Navy SEAL. The NCIS was found to be bullying and intimidating to get their way. Not only that, they broke the law. For anyone that's familiar with NCS, it does not come as a surprise. According to Navy Times, Navy Captain Aaron Rue determined that the NCIS intrusion placed an intolerable strain on the public's perception of the military justice system because an, an objective, disinterested observer, fully informed of all the facts and circumstances, would harbor a significant doubt about the fairness of the proceeding. Another quote from Reuters, the military judge presiding over the court-martial of U.S. Navy SEAL Eddie Gallagher, charged with war crimes, said on Friday, prosecutors who electronically tracked email communications of defense lawyers without a warrant violated the accused's right to a fair trial. So this was like an incredibly botched trial from the start. Everybody's entitled to due process in America. It's what makes this country great. And the fact that Eddie did not essentially get a, really from the start a fair shake is really at the root cause of this. So what do I think of Trump's intervention? Personally, I'm not surprised at the theatrics. And in this case, I support Trump for stepping in, given the unusual nature of the case, NCIS mishandling of the investigation, and the current dysfunctional environment of the SEAL teams. Most on active duty in the SEAL teams will not realize how crazy it looks from the lens of the outsider or former SEAL team member who is now outside looking in, uh, and that's obviously myself. NCIS botched their case, no argument there. It's sure to go down as a legal case study for the ages. For the uninitiated, Trump is well within his right to inject himself as the commander-in-chief of the U.S. military. It may be inconvenient for some of the top brass, but it is what it is. Uh, Trump's intervention should come as no surprise to Admiral Green in the SEAL community, given the ongoing strategy of Eddie's legal team of constantly outflanking their adversaries in the press. And also one of Gallagher's attorneys, Mark Mukasey, has worked for Trump in the past. However, I'm not surprised to see the myopia of senior SEAL leadership 
get the best of them again when it comes to dealing with the press. We've seen this time and time again. My opinion is given here in the open as a former SEAL combat veteran who served honorably for 13 years, has held both secret and top secret clearances, went back to Iraq as a contractor in support of U.S. intelligence interests, and then went on to build a business. So that's me and who I am and just wanted to to, to set the stage there. Uh, The punchline of the story is this. The leadership of the SEAL community needs to get its collective shit together. Many will read this on active duty and be outraged, but this anger is part of the hubris that has long plagued the SEAL community and will continue to be cancerous until true reflection and change happens. Now I'll talk about Leadership 101. When the Exxon Valdez ran aground in Alaska in 1989, it spilled millions of gallons of crude oil into the Prince William Sound of Alaska including habitat important to birds, whales, fish, dolphins, salmon, many other sea life. However, it was the captain of the ship, not his crew, that was to blame. A captain has to take responsibility and not point fingers or blame his crew. It's his job and his job only to steer the ship safely to its destination, regardless of the conditions. And as hard as it has been to see my own community steadily drift off course. It hasn't happened overnight or without warning. In fact, it's been years in the making. And let's do a little thought experiment now. We pretend Admiral Seal Green is running a publicly traded company. What would the stakeholders or shareholders of this company think of the following press headlines uh, below as they relate to the performance of the Seal community? After I read these, would you honestly say it's good culture, the result of good leadership, Would the share price of this company go up? Would it go down? And should the CEO stay or should the CEO go? So here's a quick glance of some headlines since 2002. CBS reports gun trafficking case gets ex-Navy SEAL 18 years. New York Times reports SEAL Team 6, secret history of quiet killings and blurred lines. SAFRA, SEAL training homicide, heads will roll up buds July 2016. The Intercept, the crimes of Field Team 6, January 2017. Sothrop reports military leadership to blame for Seal Team 6 war crimes, January 2017. Washington Post, Navy promotes Seal Commander in defiance of Congress, 2017. LA Times, no charges and drowning of Navy Seal candidates, 2017. CBS Evening News, Navy Seal drug use staggering investigation fines. San Diego Union Tribune, Navy SEAL Commando pleads guilty to sex crimes against child, September 2017. SAFREP, SEALs charged with Green Beret murder in Mali, six years after another case involving soldiers' deaths and Malayan prostitutes. Navy Times, war crimes case expands against SEAL teams, March 2019. Also, Navy Times reports missing $30,000 in hostage money from Captain Phillips. Hey everybody, just want to give a big shout out to Mac Weldon, our sponsor for the show. Mac Weldon believes in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. So check out Mac Weldon. They make some of the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants you will ever wear. Personally, I need a new pair of boxers this year and was excited to go grab some Mac Weldon products because they're just so good. So appreciate Mac Weldon for supporting the show and I encourage you guys to go check them out. Uh, we need good sponsors like this to make 
Stafford Radio, the best show there is in the military category. So thank you, Mac Weldon, and go check them out. So in 2013, I was getting calls from teammates when we first started SoftRank.com. They would call to ask for help in dealing with anything from internal embezzlement of U.S. government funds to drug abuse, war crimes, and misconduct. None of them wanted to blow the whistle themselves because they knew it would be a career ender. And I would encourage you guys to go watch that CBS video on where they three Navy SEALs, one active duty, two former, talk about the the drug issues in the teams and how nobody wants to speak out because it, it literally will be, you'll be blackballed. It'll end your career. So I was so overwhelmed and in a state of disbelief, I didn't know what to do. Some of the reports were clearly motivated by revenge, but others had real merit and this was disturbing to me. I ended up going to a good friend who was the editor of a big city newspaper and he actually putting his own personal news interest aside, advised me to reach out to the Special Operations Command directly. The hope was they could correct the issues internally and avoid uh, any bad publicity in the future. So I decided to contact SOCOM. I contacted them in 2013. I spoke several times with Command Sergeant Major Chris Ferris, relayed mostly the serious allegations where I actually had evidence uh, as well. And Basically, he asked us to give up our sources. Who's talking to you guys? We want the names. It was how it went. That exchange went poorly and, and ultimately was leaked to my own community, some of the email back and forth. Shortly after that, I started getting threatening phone calls and texts. Active duty SEALs were threatening myself and my family. I wrote it off. My main concern was trying to do right by the community. I figured I'd said my piece, got it off my chest, and just dropped it from there with the hope the SEAL leadership would eventually right the ship. Wishful thinking in hindsight. And the one thing that's not in the story is I got attacked in the media and and, and was like threatened, like, hey, we're going to come after your credibility. And essentially, they try to shop a bullshit story. And my, I had friends at all the big newspapers because we work with a lot of a lot of different news outlets. And they warned me. They said, hey, there's, there's a group of unsavory type shopping this like hit piece on you just so you're aware like we're not touching it but that's where it came from really the fact that the community was scared uh, not only the fact that me and several editors at SoftRep knew about what was going on we had a platform we had a very big platform and so there was like this attempt to destroy our credibility which really didn't go over too well for them but that was like at the heart of the matter and Would I do it all over again? Absolutely, 100%. Um, I could just sleep with a good conscience. So there you have it. Like my first platoon chief said, if you have a problem, better suggest a solution. So what's the solution here? Admiral Green and his staff need to address a very clear cultural rot internally. And I remember reading something about Admiral Green saying, I don't know if this is a cultural problem, but we have a order and discipline problem. Well, I've got fucking news for you. It is a clear cultural problem. And it's time to start dealing with the cancer because it it runs deep. And the fortunate thing is the good operators of the SEAL community, which I would say the majority are, are drugged down by the acts of a small percentage and then by nature having to be quiet. Um, It's sure to cause problems. So I would definitely 
start addressing the cultural issues if I was Admiral Green and his staff. After that, it would be wise to do outreach and create an environment of camaraderie among the SEAL veteran community to replace the hostility, public trashing of teammates, and hatred that exists today. And the unfortunate thing is that is widely available on the internet. I literally had to look into a restraining order because of a past teammate threatening myself and my family that just wouldn't let it go. And, and most of you that are familiar with the show can probably guess who that is. The other thing I talk about in the article is hubris. I had a friend tell me that Warcom, which is the, the big SEAL command, had a slide presentation that had all the SEAL authors up on it. Uh, Chris Kyle, Marcus Luttrell, myself, up on PowerPoint slides and attempt to blame outsiders for outsider SEALs for a slew of public relations issues currently facing the SEAL command. This is not only unprofessional, it's counterproductive to maintaining the legacy, heritage, and camaraderie of the SEAL community, and it creates much more division and distrust among all active and former SEALs. Creating an exemplary environment in which all SEALs can communicate and support each other is what's desperately needed in the community. So here I'm just talking about like the community at large, active duty and, and veterans reservists should really do much more to foster a positive environment of communication, two-way communication. Because what this does would solve a lot of issues for Warcom. If Warcom came out and said, look guys, you guys wanna go on Fox News and talk about some SEAL mission overseas, go for it, but please just don't mention this, X, Y, Z. Or when you're talking on an interview, don't speak bad about your other teammates. That's what that two-way communication would accomplish. It would basically give the active duty command, Warcom, a podium to kind of speak to the veteran community where right now the only thing that exists is a very tumultuous environment with no communication. In fact, you can't even bring up softrep.com on any of the Warcom servers. They block the site completely. Just so you guys know. So I go on to finish. I said, the leadership within the community owes this to all SEALs who have fought and given so much. Civilian life can be a lonely and cold place after coming from one of the top military jobs there is. Far colder than the freezing Pacific Ocean surf torture of Navy SEAL training in Hell Week. Fostering positive communication and cooperation among the active and veteran SEALs would create alignment in the community and alleviate a lot of future press headaches that are sure to come soon as everything Navy SEAL related continues to be newsworthy. In summary, Eddie Gallagher isn't someone I'd invite to dinner with my close friends, but he is a decorated combat veteran of multiple deployments. He put his ass on the line like many others and he did it multiple times. How can we send people to war, ask them to brutally kill the enemy, and then at the same time expect them to behave like Boy Scouts? The nature of warfare is everything but this, and the SEAL community has been at war for almost 20 years with no break. No break. This pace of war and deployment is unsustainable and will surely have deep psychological impact on many. Eddie had his day in court, was proven innocent by a jury of his peers. His family has been through enough with the trial alone, let alone the toll of multiple combat deployments. And we've all seen the toll that takes on loved ones, as showcased by American Sniper, the movie by Clint Eastwood, where Chris Kyle was played by Bradley Cooper. Let 
Eddie retire with his full rank and seal pin intact. Time for the community to start the healing and cancer removal and move on. If anybody deserves a Budweiser review board, Budweiser being the nickname for what we call the seal pin or trident, it should be the very seal leadership that is pointing the finger at Eddie and has been asleep at the helm of the seal community for so many years. They are the ones who need to take a hard look in the mirror and start making their own beds every morning. That's the article I wrote. The bed reference is in reference to uh, Admiral McRaven give a big speech about making your bed every day and, and about accountability. So that's why I mentioned that. My problem isn't with Eddie, the Eddie Gallagher situation. It's with the leadership not taking care of some of the best and brightest war, war fighters that this planet has ever seen. They've let the community drift into a disorderly place. They've over deployed the SEAL the community without giving these guys a break rather than say we're going to force you to take a break if you want to promote and rank this just favored the operators that would deploy over and over and over again and so there's just like multiple issues at hand here and at the end of the day those headlines i read you were like a five minute google search you could pull up probably a hundred more really look at the situation objectively and see that the community is in a really bad place and it didn't get here overnight and it's due to leadership. When a ship runs aground, it's the captain that needs to be held responsible, not the crew under his command. So my issue is with the SEAL teams and the leadership. Time to get your fucking shit together, take accountability and stop pointing your fucking fingers at everyone else. That's my position. And hopefully that sheds some light onto this Eddie Gallagher situation for you guys. I mean, it wasn't easy for me to write that article. I hope you know that. So for those of you that are listening here, you can go on softrep.com, search for the article, the headline, Trump's intervention, Gallagher, war crimes, toxic culture, the issues of the SEAL team. Kind of with a heavy heart, I, I write that note. And guys have tried to trash me in the past. And the fact is, I, I did 13 years Six months, six days of honorable service, was meritoriously promoted to E6, took over one of the top sniper programs in the world as a 28-year-old kid or young man, and was extremely proud of my service. No one's taken that away from me, and I deserve the right to have my own opinion. So if people don't like it, tough shit. So that's it. The couple things I did want to touch on before I wrap up. Um, you guys, please send your Q&A in, radio at softrep.com, just radio at softrep.com. Uh, we have still some amazing sales carrying into Christmas holidays, not only with lifetime softrep membership, which gives you lifetime access to the team room, all the videos, chat rooms, forums, and so on. We also are running Crate Club Sale on our annual crates. Uh, so if you pre-buy, pre-buy the annual, we have three different tiers you can choose from, but you can go uh, check that out uh, at crateclub.com. Um, it's, it's all under softrep.com now, but um, if you type in the crateclub.com, it'll, it'll send you the landing page. I uh, appreciate the support as a veteran-owned and operated company. The guys that do the content at Softrep, this podcast is all supported by listeners like you who also subscribe to softrep.com and buy merchandise. It all goes to support 
a 100% veteran content team. All of our editors and content producers are 100% veterans. And that's something I'm proud of that we do employ a lot of veterans and give men and women who are coming out of the service a good place to work from home and contribute some amazing content uh, based on their experiences. So if you know somebody also that wants to write for the site, please have them contact us through the site. Uh, we're constantly looking for, for more writers. The other thing I would say, again, just want to express my, my sincere gratitude for the support to listeners and the community that really makes SoftRep and Query Club it, what it is today. So I appreciate that. Just something to mention, because it's, it's been a personal issue that I've been tracking is this recession, right? This, we all know markets go up, they go down, crashes happen. We've been in a bull market now for over a decade, and it's going to correct. Nobody knows when or what it's going to look like, but all the signs that a correction is about to take place is there. And so I would just encourage you to like think about that. And there's a great opportunity that comes in any financial crisis if you plan accordingly. So especially if, if you're if you got a lot of money in the stock market, you should really think about what's happening in the world. All my friends that, and one of them is the CEO of, a, of one of the biggest banks in the world, think that a correction is going to occur in the next 20 months, 2020, this tumultuous year with the election, what's happening with Trump, most likely will get reelected, in my opinion. But just be prepared and realize, like one of that friend I mentioned, he was the, the CEO of the bank has pulled all his money out of the stock market and put it in cash, waiting for it to, to bottom out and then move back into the stock market. I'm not a big stock market guy. I like to invest in real estate and, and a lot of tech startups. Real estate for me is just something I know and it's, it's super stable. Um, but anyway, something to think about there. Interesting to read today about Trump and the trade war now. He put sanctions on basically... Um, well, tariffs, not sanctions. He put tariffs on Brazil and Argentina around steel. For those of you that don't know, uh, we used to sell a lot of soybeans to, to China and left with no other resources. We started, we started selling soybeans to Brazil, but they're really undercutting the, the market value. So, you know, Trump is just pulling the levers that we have available to us. The U.S. economy is still uh, very important in this world, and he's doing pulling the levers he can. And look, he's also running an election in 2020. It's clear that that's happening and continues to kind of manipulate the press as he sees fit. It's really interesting to see. He is no no dummy, that's for sure. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I hope you enjoyed the sincerity in which I uh, shared that article and some of the insights there. Please follow me at Brandon T. Webb on Twitter and Instagram. And be sure to follow uh, SoftRep uh, Official on both Twitter and Instagram and Quickly Official on Instagram as well. We're doing a bunch of giveaways over the holidays. We really appreciate the support. Um, as a veteran run and operated company, we, we appreciate you guys. Uh, you're, you're what makes the, this all happen. Uh, and I look forward to being back on the show. I've got some great guests lined up. And that's it. Hope you guys enjoyed another episode of Soft Rep Radio. Out here. You've been listening to Soft Rep Radio. New episodes up every Wednesday and Friday. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Soft Rep Radio.